This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Triple H issues first statement since heart surgery. Fox reportedly set to air WWE King of the Ring special and is NXT 2.0 a 2.0. I'm Jaden Becker and welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast. Triple H issuing his first statement since his heart surgery. WWE announced back on September 8th that Triple H underwent successful heart surgery the week before at Yale New Haven Hospital in New Haven, Connecticut. It was stated that the operation was needed after Triple H suffered a cardiac event caused by a genetic heart issue. WWE statement uh, noted how Triple H is expected to make a full recovery. A Triple H in a statement himself, his first statement after the heart surgery said, quote, uh, in a tweet, I've been blown away by the outreach and support from so many people. I'm recovering, doing well, and deeply grateful for all the love in my life, especially grateful for Shawn Michaels and all the superstars and crew at WWE NXT. Uh, he put in parentheses, Steph and the girls love the snack. See you soon with the folded hands emoji and a red heart emoji. In a tweet, get well soon, Triple H. We would love to see you back in action with NXT. Fox reportedly set to air WWE King of the Ring special. WWE King of the Ring preview special is scheduled to air on Fox during the weekend of October 1st to October 3rd, according to PW Insider. The special is designed to be a preview for the upcoming return of King of the Ring and its tournament. Uh, It's been reported that the finals for the 2021 King of the Ring tournament and the finals for the first ever Queen of the Ring tournament will be held at WWE Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia on Thursday, October 21st. The tournament would reportedly begin in early October with the SmackDown season premiere and the Raw season premiere episodes. This also coincides with the draft. This also coincides, as we just mentioned, the the start of tournaments. So uh, the draft usually being the marker of what the season premiere is for uh, WWE in that year, So, which makes good sense. It just find it so weird that Survivor Series now, you have to fight for the brand that you're now newly drafted to. Meanwhile, you were fighting for, not fighting for, but you were with the previous brand the whole year prior. So that's the only thing that makes Survivor Series a little weird that they put those gimmick matches in uh, with uh, Raw versus SmackDown, but you were just with SmackDown for a whole year. Now you're with Raw for two weeks, and now you're, you're stuck fighting for Raw for two weeks. So that, that's the only thing that makes it a little bit odd. Uh, but now let's talk about some NXT. NXT's episode last night, and this is obviously the second week of um, the NXT 2.0 as they've been booking it. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa opens the show, the new NXT champion, well-deserved and well-earned, probably uh, was pitted an option, Tommaso Ciampa was, to go to the main roster or stay, but you know well that he would want to stay uh, not only to win the NXT title, but to help out the younger talent. That's something that Tommaso Ciampa has done for uh, years and years here with NXT. He cuts a strong promo on how even though there is a fresh coat of paint, NXT still lives strong. Uh, he says NXT 2.0 just became the A show, and I laughed out loud when I, I heard that. But it's okay. You can believe what you want, Tommaso Jam. But we're going to talk a lot about NXT 2.0 in the second half of this episode. But let's go through the review first. Uh, Cameron Grimes enters, LA Knight enters following suit, and Pete Dunne enters as well with Ridge Holland. Everyone brawls, including the the women backstage. It just turns into an all-out mess because with uh, Tommaso Ciampa making his promo, uh, he made his promo talking about um, 
she was talking in front of some of the the, the new talent for NXT 2.0, and, and he cut this this promo now coming up, which I found it so odd that they just started brawling right away. Because uh, remember when NXT had a great goal of of not doing that anymore, where Samoa Joe was the enforcer and everything like that. Uh, obviously, things change very very fast, so um, obviously not happening anymore. Uh, with this all this brawl breaking out, and uh, Braun uh, Breaker, he was able to hop on the microphone for a little bit, and he sounds so much like his father. He sounds so much like his father, uh, Scott Steiner, and. Um, it made me laugh because I was just waiting for him to start breaking out percentages and <laughs> doing some Steiner math. So <laughs> uh, that that had me cracking up because just it, the the inflection in their voice, how they both speak, it, it's it's uncanny. It's very very similar. All right, moving on to our first match of the night: Roderick Strong versus Kushida for the Cruiserweight Championship. And this is a, a main event worthy match on the previous NXT, and this is an opener on NXT 2.0. So let that sit in. Uh, Kushida is. Uh, in control early on as he has an answer for every move made from Strong. Bivens interferes and Kushida is attacked on the outside. Uh, Strong connects with a suplex dropping into a backbreaker and Strong wins the match and is your new NXT Cruiserweight champion. Didn't really give this match a ton of time and a a match that this match could have gone for 45 minutes with these two guys but obviously with the new direction NXT is going in I believe this was around a 10 minute match and a decent match for those 10 minutes but uh, Kushida to lose the championship how he did is a little bit odd especially given the fact that right after the match uh, Grayson Waller enters looking for an opportunity for the cruiserweight title. I think Kushida gets absolutely buried here in a way that I find really disrespectful towards Kushida, given that he was very strong for NXT in the past, and he finally got some gold put on him in that Cruiserweight Championship. And not just for it to be... Yes, he was a fighting champion this whole way through, but now for him to lose it the way he did, I guess it does make, doesn't make him look weaker in a way, but I think it just pushes him down the card, uh, given the fact that now Grayson Waller is going to step up and be that next guy for the, the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, but uh, it was a WWE-type finish in NXT, which uh, we can expect to happen a lot more often, uh, given that NXT is changing its ways. Moving on to our next match, Amari Miller versus Kaylee Ray. Ray wins in a, a quick squash match. This is pretty much a nothing match for me. Uh, remember the days when uh, Io Shirai would go 20 minutes with Zoe Stark in her debut, and make even though Zoe Stark would lose and Shirai would go over, Zoe Stark would look amazing because she stood toe-to-toe to... Uh, to Shirai for 20 minutes, you know that that's what's really special to me. We see something like that, you know. The, I don't. There's no reason for us to for anybody to put Kaylee Ray more over than she already is. She she held that NXT UK Women's Championship for over 600 days. You know, you don't have to put her in squash matches. If anything, she you should be using Kaylee Ray to get everybody else over and build up that women's division. So I find it a little odd. I guess maybe the the Americana ness of it, where oh, not a lot of people might have watched NXT UK, which is relatively true. You know, NXT UK is probably not watched, so we have to get her over organically over here and the states so let's put her in some squash matches but i don't think that's the right way to do it you know you had that accolade on her there's a reason why you had that belt on her for nxt uk for so 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 long you know same thing with walter you know you had these belts on these guys for so so long to put over some good talent and uh you know for kaylee right now to come over to the states and not be able to to reflect that you know i wouldn't call her reign in the uk a waste of time but it definitely could have helped for it to translate over to over here in the states Moving on to our next match, uh, Joey Gacy versus Cameron Grimes. Gacy has a unique gimmick where it's sort of like a male savior gimmick, but not as masculine, not in a masculine way 
almost in a, in a, a feminist or feminine way. Uh, I can't really exactly put my finger on it. I, and that's why I also have a tough time describing it to you. But he's, his goal is to make the ring a safe space. If you will, so if you if you read into it a little bit, you could sort of see how it's from like a therapist type thing. I don't know. It's really weird. He wrestles in um in a uh, dress shirt and a and uh, slacks, so uh, you could sort of read into that as well. But uh, Cameron Grimes, obviously, the opposite of that. Uh, Gase can move really, really well in the ring. He looks super duper fluid. Uh, but Grimes connects with the cave in to win. And but this was the type of match I was hoping to see from Kaylee Ray and Amari Miller where even though this wasn't a 20 minute classic, this was a solid t- maybe 10 minute match that Gacy had some really good spots in that he was able to get some of his stuff in. Cameron Grimes sold it really well and even though Grimes went over, Gacy looked good at the end of the day. So I'm excited to see more from Gacy going forward because I know that he can stand toe to toe with Cameron Grimes. Uh, Gracie even hugs Grimes after the match so trying to enforce the idea of oh this ring is a safe space so I, I really liked what I saw from Gacy there and this was a solid match uh, there, there's three matches back to back to back uh, four matches I should say that um, the, the uh, NXT gave it to us in, in rapid fire succession rapid fire uh, the next one being Electra Lopez with Legado del Fantasma versus Anna Shear. Uh, Lopez wins in a squash. <laughs> There's really no notes in this match. And as I said, a squash is fine when it, it's two non-established wrestlers. So like we saw here with Electra Lopez and Anna Shear. But not really when it's with Kaylee Ray and Amari Miller. So because Kaylee Ray being established, you really want to put over Amari Miller there. But when it's just two non-established people in, in Lopez and Shear, uh, I think it's I could sort of look away from it. Uh, Legado del Fantasma. Uh, with a post-match promo, and Hit Row enters with B-Fab attacking Lopez. So at least his squash meant something more than just putting Kaylee Ray over uh, uh, enhancement talent. Uh, you know, it, it really put it in the direction of Legado Fantasma versus Hit Row again, but this time with the two women involved, Electra Lopez and B-Fab, which I can get behind. Moving on to our next match, Odyssey Jones versus Karen Millman and Darren Chimpeta, Chipata, I think that's exactly how they pronounced it um, on air. Uh, just once again, two two new guys going up against Odyssey Jones in a handicap match, and uh, I'm going to get into NXT's booking uh, in the second half of the the episode. But I think we could sort of all see where this booking is going at least early on. Uh, Andre Chase enters for a closer look. Chase, once again, one of these newer guys here on uh, NXT as well for this 2.0 brand. Jones uh, wins on a frog splash onto both Millman and Chimpata uh, from the second rope. Uh, Chase tries to attack Jones with a chair after the match, but Jones breaks uh, the gimmick chair in his hands. Like uh, Jones, uh, excuse me, um, Chase went to go swing that chair at Jones. And I think it would have been a better effect if it went off the back of Jones and it broke and then he just turned around. But instead, Jones tried to catch the chair from Chase, and the chair just broke. So uh, it was a good look still, but I think it would have been better if it was off the back. Moving on to our next segment, Toxic Attraction. Uh, that is the group of Mandy Rose, Gigi, and JC. Uh, they are all ready to be the greatest group in sports entertainment in the best women's division. Toxic Attraction wants an NXT women's tag team title match. And uh, I got a fine promo. Mandy Rose did a good job, usually for someone that we didn't really get to see talk on the mic much in this type of way. 
in the main roster. So seeing her now in NXT, I think is a perfect fit for her, especially now she gets to reinvent herself along with the way that NXT is reinventing her brand and their brand, I should say. So I think it's fine. Uh, I think she looks fantastic. I think she looks absolutely great. Not from a, from a, uh, what's the best way to put this? Not from a, an attractiveness standpoint, but, but I'm not saying that she's not, but not from that standpoint, but from uh, a, a strict wrestler perspective, you know, she, she has the perfect heel look. She has the dark hair. Uh, she, she's, she tanned up a little bit. She has the perfect heel look. I think she's going to go lengths, lengths, comparative to what she looked like. You know, she was the blonde and they called her the bottled blonde of, uh, of um, the main roster. That was the whole thing with Sonya Deville. So for her to completely change this look now, I think she's really going in the right direction. Mandy Rose, I think there could be some great things for her over in NXT now with this new uh, toxic attraction faction. That rhymed. All right, moving on to our main event. Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa teaming up to take on Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. This is stemming from what happened in the opening of the show. The Ciampa gonna kill you chance doesn't really fit in this new rainbow set. Same thing with the Pete Dunne finger pulls. Uh, it was a lot more gritty uh, in the previous NXT iteration. I guess the NXT 1.0 or, uh, you know, at least in the fact that with the dark mat and, um, you know, the Ciampa gonna kill you stuff doesn't really sit well with me now seeing all these colors fly around. Holland in control as action falls over the announce table. Holland tries to use the nightstick, but O'Reilly enters and saves. Braun Breaker picks up the win, and he hesitates to give the belt back to uh, the NXT title back to Tommaso Ciampa, but ends up doing it either way. Uh, fine match, fine match for the main event, but nothing really to write home about. Um, I thought this was a fine episode of NXT 2.0. Uh, I, I, you cannot compare this to the previous NXT because uh, those are apples and oranges. But uh, for what it was, compared to last week as well, I thought this was fine. And uh, what really bothers me the most about this episode, though, what I will say is the match of Amari Miller and Kaylee Ray, the Joey Gacy and Cameron Grimes, Electra Lopez and Anna Shear, and the Odyssey Jones uh, handicap match versus uh, Millman and uh, Chipetta. Uh, those four matches going back to back to back to back, pretty much all with the same results back to back to back to back, maybe besides the Gacy and Cameron Grimes match. It, that didn't really sit well for me because that was 45 minutes of just the same thing happening over and over and over again. So that's what it really got to me. But uh, either way, the, I thought the wrestling was fine. And I'll give it a C plus this episode of NXT. But you, you realize you go back to... April, you go back to March, go back to February, when I was talking about NXT, I'm giving this show B pluses, A minuses, you know, Bs, you know, the, these were average grades, and for now, this NXT, this show now to be C plus probably, be, oh yeah, that was a fine show, C plus, you know, that, that's getting back to impact levels of what uh, NXT shouldn't be looking like, but um, we'll talk about it after the break, if NXT 2.0 is NXT 2.0, but what I want to say prior to that is where NXT is going to go in a new direction and comparing it to what it was in the past might not be doing what they're trying to do now justice. Let's just keep that in mind. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, as I mentioned, NXT 2.0 and some on this day in pro wrestling history. So stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on September 22nd, 1997, WWF presented Raw is War from Madison Square Garden in New York City. Despite taping most of its first two years of the show from New York City, this was the first WWF signature show's debut. 
in the Garden, which uh, if you compare it to what's going on today in AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, this is the first time they're ever going to the state of New York. So uh, the parallels here are, are uncanny. Uncanny. September 22nd being a heck of a day for the world of uh, pro wrestling in, in New York. This Raw making its first time to MSG. AEW being its first time heading over to... Uh, New York, even though it's not in the Garden, which uh, I don't think AEW would want to go there. Yeah, obviously they would want to go to the Garden, but uh, MSG might not. Or, uh, I wouldn't say MSG, WWE definitely would not. Not about that. I was trying to beat, beat around the bush. Let me not be mean about it. WWE would not want AEW headed over to the Garden, because WWE and MSG go together like bread and butter. You know, that that just works. Maybe AEW could find a home in Arthur Ashe. Maybe AEW could find a home even in the Barclays, because the Barclays, in my opinion, is open game. MSG, that's WWE territory. That's like WWE going over to Daly's Place, in my opinion, <laughs> you know? It's a completely different vibe. You, something that you kind of can't do. Going back to 1997, though, uh, the show is highlighted by two of the Raw's greatest moments, the WWF debut of Cactus Jack, Mick Foley's one of his most famous personas, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunning Vince McMahon, getting arrested and planting the seed for the historic, historic, I should say, uh, Austin McMahon feud. So uh, big things happened on that day in 1997. Big things definitely could happen uh, today in the 2021 as AEW Grand Slam is uh, ready to get underway tonight. Uh, oh my goodness, I got, I got, I'm shaking just thinking about it because I'm going, I'm going to the show. Oh my gosh, yes, going from Ithaca all the way down to back to my hometown of Queens. I'll get more into that a little bit later. But right now, let's get into some NXT 2.0, and let's see if it's an NXT 2.0. What I'm gonna do right now, I'm gonna give you my thoughts on the good and the bad uh, about it. And uh, let me just say this: NXT is going with a brand new start approach, new colors, new set, new talent thrown at us all at once. There's some good and bad things we've seen. Uh, from the change, and I'm going to do my best to run through it all here. So let's start off with the bad. I want to start off with the bad because I think the good is important to talk about. I want to leave you with that as we walk away from this podcast. So let's start off with the bad first. Uh, the names of the characters are wild and childish in a way. Uh, you know, Braun Breaker, Electra Lopez, anything with an unnecessary spelling change, to be honest. There's no reason why Braun Breaker should have two Ks in it. Uh, Electra Lopez, you know... If you're comparing it to, let's say, Raquel Gonzalez, that's a normal name, and she looks phenomenal, and her like, there's no reason to look past it, right? Like, it's Raquel Gonzalez, a normal name. You compare it to Electra Lopez, you know, Electra, it's, it's a little bit out there, and I guess if her character goes along with it, that's fine, but Electra Lopez's character kind of doesn't, you know? Braun Breaker's character... I don't know if it does or doesn't yet, you know, because right now from all we're seeing from Brown Breaker is that he's the poster child of NXT 2.0. You pretty much slap the same colors that you have on your logo on this guy's tights in his singlet. And you just call him like, all right, he's the future, you know, but you give him this weird name with two Ks at the end. Not a lot of people are going to be happy about it just because it feels like an, an insult. Uh, speaking of insults, the new logo, the NXT colors, it, it wouldn't be too bad. Let me say this. The shape of the logo isn't too bad. The colors, it wouldn't be even be too bad either because AEW kind of did the same thing for a while where it wasn't paint splatter, but it was, I guess, chalk, poofs of poof of chalk or whatever. You know, you, you, there's these events where you, like, you, you run through this chalk coloring and um, you, you walk out of there 50 shades of every color in the world and... You know, they take pictures at the end, something like that. That's what they were they were kind of doing in AEW. This is just paint splatter for the NXT logo. 
And it, the colors wouldn't be too bad if they weren't constantly moving during the matches. You look up into, you're watching the match, but all you see in the background, especially when Pete Dunne was pulling fingers and stuff like that, is all these colors splashing up on the screen. It's kind of distracting. It's a little bit too much. So at least in my opinion. But uh, the new logo, the shape of it itself isn't too bad. I think that's fine. I, once again, does it compare to the previous NXT logo? No, I think that's iconic and a classic. You know, that I, I think that stands the test of time, that previous NXT logo, that uh, for both with the, the eagle behind it and uh, even prior to that. But now, uh, it's fine. It's not great. It's not terrible. Also, I don't like the fact that um, the the on the microphones, the flag on the microphone is the NXT logo and no longer the WWE logo. I think that is obviously everything done is that's a creative decision. But once again, trying to separate themselves from the main roster WWE away is shown there in, in small small pieces. And also, let's talk about something bad here. And I think this is really important. The booking early on in these first episodes has been bad compared to how the NXT used to look in the past. Um, I have in my notes here, I didn't want to say it while I was uh, doing the review of NXT, but I'd love to say it now. Uh, NXT 2.0 booking is uh, what I'm going to call brand new basic. They're starting from fresh. It's a brand new start, but they're booking very, very, very basic. There's no intertwining. There's no calling to the past. There's just, it's as if everything's brand, brand new, which I think is okay in some cases, but with the history of NXT and the people that are still there, it's tough to really do so when you have all that history there. It's, it's, it's tough to really book Brand New Basic when you have all these people that are still there and still have storylines and stuff told from the past that uh, to forget about it all, it, it's a tough thing to do. But, you know, you, you look at the same thing with Kaylee Ray and Amari Miller. That's Brand New Basic because it's, you're trying to build up Kaylee Ray even though she has a 600-day Tattle rain underneath her her career, uh, Cameron Grimes and Joey Gacy. I guess putting Cameron Grimes over, same thing. You're trying to build up, like you're building up Cameron Grimes, but he's been built up to the moon. No pun intended. Uh, you're trying to do something that you really don't have to do, given the fact that yo, oh, let's start fresh, which is fine. I'm gonna get into that when we when we talk about the good. But you're trying to start fresh. But you still have all this history there with you with this NXT stuff from the past that there's no reason to look away from. So, you know, it's as if you're, you or me were going to start a brand new company. This is how we would kind of book it if we had no, no history, no backing or anything like that. But why would we do that if we have all this talent that has history behind them? You know, there's so much history behind, behind these talents. So that, that's the only thing that really makes me sort of scratch my head hard about this booking here. And it's really tough to, to compare NXT booking to what it was in the past because there was times in this podcast where I would say NXT is booking a perfect show. Like, you would go back to March and listen back to some of the NXT episodes of March when they were going head-to-head -head with AEW and stuff like that. It, they were booking perfect shows from top to bottom, from the women's division, from women's tag division, um, men's main event, uh, the North American Championship, the Cruiserweight Championship was being booked great when Kushida started to get involved. It, there's just moments where you looked at every division on the show and it was being booked perfectly because there was no person being left behind. You, from top to bottom, from the at the time where Jake, Jake Atlas was probably on the lowest man on the totem pole for 
the the North American Championship. Meanwhile, he's putting on great storylines and, and doing fantastic things uh, when he was working with Sheriff Scott and stuff like this. So it, it was everybody had their own little thing to do. Everybody had their own little thing to do. I'm just hoping that NXT can get back to that point. It's just I feel like that might be throwing a lot out of out of said too much at the same time as they're trying to build brand new stories. So it, it's just a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in with this booking in the first two episodes, but I think it's something that we're going to have to swallow. All right, I want to look over towards the good now. And uh, one thing, I might be counteracting myself from what I said from the bad, but it is a fresh start. And if you're going to build from the ground up, like well, how they're doing here for NXT, it, you might as well go all the way. That's exactly what NXT did with the new logo, the new set, the new talent. You know, if you really want to shake things up, you might as well just do it the whole way through. Just don't, don't half it. You know, don't go halfway and try to uh, cling on to, uh, you know, uh, like I said, you want to have the history there because it's important, but you don't want to cling on to it forever. So that's why in integrating both is, is a fun thing to do. But uh, I'm glad that they're going at least all the way in the fact that they did make a new logo. It's not like, all right, yeah, we're going 2.0, but we still have all this this uh, old logo. You know, they, they changed the color of the mat. It used to be black and now it's white, you know, like... All these new things, it really gives it a new feel to the show. It does not feel, 100%, 100% undoubtedly, does not feel like what we were watching months back when takeovers were running strong. It doesn't feel like that, but that might not necessarily be a bad thing. Uh, also, one thing really, really good about this change is that we're going to find the ability to keep NXT uh, current NXT talent involved with the possibility of getting the new talent over, Tommaso Ciampa. He's going to be the face of that. And I think that's the reason why he has NXT Championship on him now. You know, he's going to be the reason why new talent get over. And he's been, that was his dream. That's his life for him working with NXT for so, so long to get these new talent over. There's no reason why Tommaso Ciampa should be in NXT still. You know, the, he, he, he can go in the main roster and be fine in the WWE. But the main reason why he's still in NXT, one, I think, was for him to get the NXT title back that he's been dying to get back for over 900 days. But two, to continue to build over new talent. And that's something that he does phenomenally, Tommaso Ciampa. Phenomenally. He can do that day in, day out. Cameron Grimes against Joey Gacy. Great match. He's going to be able to get people over. Roderick Strong, now with Grayson Waller and everything like that. And then uh, anybody that's involved in a faction at the moment. Sort of Scott, uh, Leonardo Fantasma, uh Diamond Mind and all of that. If you're involved in a faction and you have these young guys and you bring them here with you, that is the ability to get young people over. Because once you're a leader of a faction or something like that, you're entrusted with their careers in a way. So they're entrusted now to take these new guys and make sure that they become great, like where they are right now. So I said that about Surf Scott. When he started with Hit Row, that he's been entrusted, and I was a little surprised by that. Roderick Strong, uh, he's now been entrusted uh, with the group, and same thing with my, uh, Malcolm Bivens. Uh, Legado de Fantasma, they've been running for a long time, but now they have Electra Lopez underneath their wing, so Electra Lopez has uh, been a part of that group, and now Legado de Fantasma is entrusted with her career. So it's almost all hands on deck for everyone to now pick up by their bootstraps, take all these young talent that they're bringing up now, and make sure that they get over to that level. And now finally, I want to talk about how NXT is finally returning to being the developmental brand for WWE. To me, this is the most important thing. NXT was forced into a war uh, against AEW, going head-to-head -head with them. 
And it's apparent now that WWE didn't want this to happen for NXT and they wanted them to stay a developmental brand. Did NXT do a great job even though they lost the war? Sure. As, as I said, they're booking perfect shows. WWE proved to all of us that if they really wanted to go head-to-head with the AEWs of the world and the New Japan Pro Wrestling of the world, they could with the talent that they had at NXT. They proved that. But once it got to a point where the Wednesday Night War was were over, NXT decided that they wanted to concede and move over to the Tuesday slot. They decided that, all right, we're going to go back to being a developmental show. Because there were times where NXT was booking... There should, NXT was booking itself like the A show. It was booking itself like a Raw or a SmackDown. Meanwhile, NXT, the goal of that brand is not to be a third brand. The goal of that brand is to be a developmental brand. During the Wednesday Night Wars, it was the third brand. It was on the same level, if not better, than Raw, SmackDown. It was on that same exact level in order to compete with AEW. In order to compete with it. It was not a developmental brand for those two years. Now that the war is over, it's going back to being a developmental brand. And I don't think that that is a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. You have to remember, the return of a true developmental brand is what's going to build WWE to the future. That's what has been the main problem for WWE for so long is that, well, it didn't really have a developmental brand for these past two years because it was being used as the third brand. So now you have to remember that the developmental brand is what brought us Roman Reigns. It's what's brought us Seth Rollins. I know all this stuff in Ring of Honor and everything like that, but you know he really made his name... Uh, well-known to the main public at, at NXT, being the first ever uh, NXT champion. He also, it's brought us Big E, former NXT champion. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. We have to remember that for in order for WWE to be successful in the future, for it to now going to be able to go head-to-head with AEW, and with everything AEW is doing, signing all this amazing talent from WWE, WWE is going to have to develop some more talent of their own. And that's going to come from this iteration from NXT. NXT lost its developmental label as soon as the war started with AEW. They were booking shows against each other. Uh, NXT was doing its best to keep up with AEW's pace. I, I always felt that AEW was booking their shows first and then NXT would follow suit. In a way where, oh, okay, so AEW is doing this this day. Let's book a show uh, better than them the day after, so or or that same day. You know, let's let's have a better week than them because oh, they just booked this match for this week. Oh, let's let us book this match for this week as well. So it's always a competition. NXT was never developing uh, people in the way that they wanted to. They were just saying, you know what? We're taking the people that we got. We're gonna turn this into an A show. And we're going to wrestle and we're going to try to win. And uh, it got to a point where it, it almost became exhausting to watch as a fan uh, in a good way because every night was always a battle. It was always a battle between the two shows. And you just had to wonder when was this going to end or who was going to lose. And NXT finally deciding to concede might be the best thing for them in the future, knowing that even though NXT might lose here, in this, in this perspective, WWE will win in the future. You understand what I'm saying here? Even though NXT, at this moment, is going to lose due to becoming now more of a developmental brand, something that they lost their title to two years ago, well now, WWE will now win in the future, now because of the talent that they will build from this iteration from NXT. 
That's my argument. And I think it's going to be a good idea for NXT to moving forward. But we just have to sit on our laurels and then just hope that uh, NXT will be able to make it through these uh, few years. And at least I think that the toughest stage for NXT is going to be these next few months, at least until they get to their first takeover. Hopefully that ter- first takeover delivers. Um, and from there, we'll see where NXT rolls to. But until this first build is probably going to be the toughest thing for them. You know, this is probably going to be the lowest buy rate uh, takeover or the lowest watch takeover we'll see in a long, long time just because the name value isn't there. You know, we're going from matches between Cole and O'Reilly to between uh, Ciampa and Breaker. You know, Breaker, I don't think he moves a lot of people's needles. So <laughs> uh, we'll see how it all goes. But yeah, I have faith in NXT and I'll stick for the, lie, for the ride through it, knowing that um, there's a possibility that this developmentalness can to return to a resurgence in the future for WWE. All right, let's take a look at tonight's AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. And uh, we just went from talking about uh, NXT turning into a developmental show and from now AEW turning into the show in professional wrestling. This is probably the largest Dynamite they're ever going to hold uh, in recent history. Well, this this is their largest Dynamite ever. No hands down, no questions about it. 18,000 are set to be in attendance in Arthur Ashe Stadium in my hometown of Queens, New York. We all know how great wrestling fans can be in, from New York City. We saw it at the Garden uh, for the previous episode of uh, SmackDown over on September 10th. And now for Dynamite to make their way over to New York, something that they've been dying to do for a long, long time. Uh, this is going to be absolutely huge for them. Huge. AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Card looking absolutely stacked as well. MGF versus Brian Pillman. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Championship. FTR versus Sting and Darby Allin. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. And CM Punk cutting a promo. Dude, are you kidding me? Like, it, the, this is about to be absolutely insane. The fact that I'm going to be able to go and watch this is uh, mind-boggling as well. I'm actually going to be able to go and see it. I'm taking that trip down. Uh, I'm recording this right right now as I record this. It's 11.21. This episode should be up around uh, midday, around 12. And I'm in the car. I'm leaving at 12.45. So I'll see you there. <laughs> I'll see you there if you're heading over to AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. I couldn't be more more excited. They're also filming Rampage there, which we're going to see out of Cole. We're going to see uh, uh, Chris Jericho. So there's going to be... a ton of great matches christian it can be a ton of great matches so i'm very 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 excited but that's all for this episode you can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and remember you can ask your smart device to play the daily ddt podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at dailyddt.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv i'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the daily ddt podcast